Hello. Happy New Year 2021. The first podcast for this new year has the objective of going back to architecture theory and and practice in architecture education, looking back into the basics and the fundamentals on architecture education. There are lots of terms in architecture that is being used in other disciplines. And looking back at Alexander's theories, which influenced a lot of digital technology development, even the word architecture is being used extensively there. And why not? In digital technology, there are many things being built hence architectural. And that's as far as I would go to discuss about digital technology because what I'd like to discuss today is about architecture design, in particular in architecture education, where we use our spatial sense. The topic for today is regarding the spatial awareness in architecture. We cannot disregard the fact that we think in space, that in our mind there is something called the mind space. And in this mind space is where we think about the design. Given a brief, a student of architecture would start out thinking about the brief and thinking about how to design this based on the brief. And you can hear them telling it sometimes. This is quite common actually, that I have thought about it, but I haven't drawn it out. Or here is the plan and and that's all I have. And I didn't have time to draw out the rest, sections, elevations and 3Ds. And that's the incomplete picture. We we tend to wonder why that there's some incompleteness in terms of scheming a design and we often attribute to the lack of skills in drawing or the lack of manual drawing skills, the lack of um, a more intuitive approach to drawing, the confidence issues and so on. We really need to look into this more. And if those are the problems, maybe they are, but we cannot just accept it as it is. Maybe we need to know and understand about this mind space more. Now, looking at another tradition in psychology where we talk about the meditativeness or meditation which is an exercise in being mindful of what is happening to us at the present moment. Meditation, does it relate to some sort of meditativeness in architecture, in architecture as well, to when you want to do architecture design? Is it, is, could meditation technique also be an architecture design technique in trying to create spatial awareness in architecture or spatial awareness to do architecture design. 
So these are some of the things that we're trying to think about and we're trying to make sense of. When we refer to an individual who gave a YouTube video on mindfulness and on precisely how um, he would practice meditation and how he came up, how he does meditation and the most important as a child, how he started doing meditation. He talked about this in his mind, a lot of clutter, it, what crept into his mind are negative thoughts and feelings of which he, he said that when he was much younger at about the age of seven, eight or nine, um, he tried to do meditation and only after a couple of years he understood about through his teacher, who is his father who, who does meditation courses, he said that, well actually he was trying to fight off these thoughts and emotions when he tried to meditate, meaning he tried to make his mind not being intruded by all these thoughts and negative emotions. And he has been doing it wrongly. And actually, he should just, like a painting, just view it like a painting, his, his emotions and thoughts. Or if you're talking about a space or a container in the mind, let them be like clouds or river or, well, something that passes through, not something permanent. Yeah, the water that runs through a river or clouds whisping about. He said that that's the way to go in, in actually trying to deal with these feelings, thoughts and emotions that would, you know, you could be, when you're feeling a certain amount of emotion, you, you'll be embroiled in it, you'll be caught up in it, it'll be never ending, it'll be like, he said, monkey, monkey thoughts, chatting about a lot in your mind and, and you'll never be at peace. Does that have anything to do with designing? Does that have anything to do with the sense of space that we need to create in our mind in order for us to design? We often meet, when we talk about space, we, the first thing that came to our conversation 100 plus years ago was form and function we're sort of engineering about it, you know. We're, um, in terms of discipline, we learn from the engineers, obviously. Uh, in terms of our the development of the architecture discipline, and, you know, there is an object, a form that we wish to achieve. And Christopher Alexander said that as well. But the design problems comes from the context, and that includes people and the problems that people have with a particular type. In order to achieve the form, you have to understand what is the design problem. And what does architecture space have to do with the mind space? And what has um, the mind space in, in terms of the designer's mind have to do with architecture? Because we know that from Yohani Palasma that you have to draw what your thoughts are and drawing is also of thinking and that 
uh, process between your mind and your hand and drawing, in particular freehand drawing or freehand sketch, it's important for you to develop from the beginning to the ending or the beginning to a point where you can actually <coughs> see something of the idea and the concepts of uh, architecture. So this process of cognitiveness has something to do with the use of the, the power of cognition, yeah, uh, the, 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 the power and will to, to, to do this, the skill as well in actually practicing this, is something that you learn through practice. And do you actually come to a point where you could actually draw in your mind and just transfer to the drawing or the blank page, whatever that's in your mind. Probably there could be people who could do that. That they could actually have something in their mind and just sketch it out. Or that you need to sketch it out and that sketch will inform what more to, you know, the, the fact that that white piece of paper being drawn out a sketch and that sketch is developed from A to B to C to D is what's it's like the representation of what you wish it to happen that comes from your mind now we think a, a bit about the the mindfulness uh, exercise that I mentioned earlier where you try to contain and observe these negative thoughts that come into your mind. Now, obviously, between that example and the one I mentioned about an architectural designer designing onto the, uh, the white paper, onto the blank paper, what he has in mind, is there anything, is there a connection, is there anything for us to, to see here? Is there a, a, a something that we can we can um, we can make something of? I'm, I'm thinking about that and I'd like to propose that there is something uh, there actually where we could think about and could help us the, to, to look into and study and how the, the mind works, the designer's mind. This is something that not many people talk about when there is a blank or there's a gap in knowledge in terms of what happens, you know, when you sketch. Aren't you curious about that? So, um, this is the thing that I'd like to address when it comes to this matter regarding um, how we use our mind in design. And, and I'm looking into the theories of Alexander, obviously, because he talks about the pa a pattern language in his book, A Pattern Language, and his other theories, and the neural networks from macro to micro, meaning from urban planning to interior design and uh, interior design and... Um, 
construction. So in this respect, Alexander has something to say about how things relate. And does this thing actually a subconscious effort in our part? Having visited places as such and having un actually understand about the sense of space that we have encountered for real in real life, or even when we watch films, or we we um, you know we we observe through um, um, through our through our mind reading books about journeys and so on. Does it does it actually contribute to us designing as such and observing from far you know when 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 we talk about this mindfulness technique uh, in psychology you have representations of how to make your mind at rest like if you go to a chinese temple you see this rock garden have you seen this rock garden miniature where an immortal would go and float through um well it represents it depicts a immortal floating uh, above uh, at some point um, in the air and looking into mountain and 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 waterfalls and rivers and, and bridges and you, and if you were to sit at this near this um, miniature rock garden your mind will 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 be observing this de in detail. Um, this is not just anything. It's not just a, a, a 3D model of a building. It is about nature. It's about... It's specifically about... Um, you moving into the, like a cloud and observing this... this uh, scene. So... It seems far-fetched at first that one would think spatial awareness in architecture relates to meditativeness in architecture in trying to design our space. And what is the definition of space? So when you reference one's own experience, the self-awareness, and being mindful and meditation practice create the space or mind space. And we see space as a container. We start to meditate. And how to meditate and practice of the meditation I've mentioned earlier. And we talk about architectural designers dealing a lot with designing in our mind, thinking and writing and writing a and reading what we wrote and thinking again and keep on writing until we practice and perfect the writing and also that process of thinking and drawing and drawing again, thinking and that drawing informing our thinking and how to draw further and making it to be perfected as we go along. So this meditative aspect of the dying has something to do with clearing the thinking. As we go doing this uh, process of feedback, 
from what we have written or what we have drawn, the feedback that feeds to our mind, we are actually clearing the thinking when we talk about editing, that there is a process of meditation there. If we're talking about meditation as being observing it from far, then that's what we're doing. We're clearing the thinking. So um, that's why it's important to be doing the thinking and not just thinking without doing, like without writing or without drawing. So using psychology in architecture designing, there's the meditation aspect. Thoughts and feelings depicted is something that float like clouds in the mind space. So, you know, I get uh, the cloud will just dissipate and it won't come back again because we, we, we clearly see something else and that something else becoming much more endearing and much more closer to the ideas that we wish to express in our drawing and, think, uh, and writing. So the mindfulness is dealing with the intrusion of thoughts and feelings and some of it we don't want and some of it we want to be present there. Is it to do with like a picture frame that everything goes into place? It could be in a way the picture frame that we wanted, like what we talk about the rock garden, that we want this rock garden, we don't want the other rock garden, which we can be at ease and accepting of this picture. So we looking from afar or being mindful of these objects together is and wanting it to be there. If it wants to go, it can go. And not rushing it and letting it be. Some of these processes that help in creating this picture that we want. So not to push it away, but just Look for from it from afar. So in our in this it well this process of of keeping and practicing and continuing to draw and write, we come to the the more perfect picture or the the the, the story that we want to create. That's why narrative is very important. I regard and in um in obviously in writing and and obviously in in drawing. So that's why I use the um the the example of the Zen garden. That's another thing. The Zen garden itself is uh something that as if you want to know what Zen garden is, you can look up on it, but I assume you know what Zen garden is. Like that the rocks being placed in a proportionate way that seems to create a balance when you observe this Zen garden with the rocks and the sand. So it's the same as those miniature rock gardens in Chinese temples um, where where I mentioned about the spirit and immortal looking at the elements from afar. So I actually wanted to know about formal and spatial concepts. You know, in uh, when we talk about hundred years or more so ago, when the issue of the debate between well, actually there was a proposal of by Louis Sullivan, uh, Sullivan that form follows function. So there was ensuing debate about 
Which is more foremost? Is it form or is it function? Well, in actual fact, function is actually, you know, when we talk about functions, it's about the body function, whether you can operate in that space, whether the space being the architecture yeah, that you design or the form that you design. So space is not, the word is not there, but we take it for granted that functions do with space as well. And um, so then we lead, this leads to a more definition and the perception of space using different senses where you can perceive space with your vision or perceive space with hearing, with smell and other sense, sensory, um, as a sensory f- uh, function of, of a human being. But we tend to rely on vision more, as you know, and being in in this uh, field of architecture, and vision seems to be very important in actually communicating uh, to uh, the audience and as well as for us to to define the space further. So that leads to formal and spatial concepts. When we talk about formal and spatial concepts, mean, meaning that there is in the uh, in the um, when we talk about uh, post-industrial uh, mass consumption, mass production, uh, the availability of materials and techniques and construction techniques, the availability of uh, construction materials that are um, based on certain standards. So eventually you have that material, you can't really make, uh, change that material because you it's been produced, mass produced, and you just accept it. You browse through the catalog, and these materials the, uh, make up the formal concepts, but the spatial concepts is actually, spatial concepts or containers are not, do not have to be uh, fixed. Space actually doesn't have a fixed boundary and transient nature. Although legally, this is uh, my neighbor, this is the street, and legally, you know, you need to have a fence. But in actual fact, it is transient in nature in terms of our perception of space. So um, we could also refer to Gottfried Semper's uh, principles based on a Trinidadian Trinidadian hut on uh, the base, the hearth, enclosures, the roof and the sides. And we can also base on Frank Duffy's 5S of site, skin, uh, site structure, skin, s- space and stuff. Space is always there because even though Trinidadian hut is a rectangular form or a square cube sort of space we know that the the stuff that makes the container or the material is not fixed really we think of it as something um, hard and difficult to to dismantle or deconstruct but in actual fact it is not fixed you know, when, when we have the whole industry out there, 
when the whole industry is dealing with the construction and the building of um, buildings, and that architecture is dealing with project management, tender documentation, construction and build. So these are all very contractual. This is to do with legalities and contracts. But when when if, when we are to do with our what what our mind has in terms of design, it is not yet to do with legalities and contracts. But obviously, because of the nature of the profession and and the delivery and and other deliverables and other aspects of architecture that is to do with legally binding and that you have to produce in time for the client you then you talk about designing obviously quickly based on legal um legalities or on contract basis so but what but when we talk about form formal and spatial concepts yeah really space is contained by something that is transient so we're trying in this podcast we're trying to link in conclusion we're trying to link back about the idea of uh the idea of the mind space and meditative uh meditation uh in psychology and the idea of um architecture uh spatial awareness in architecture and that patterns the patterns or a language the pattern language or patterns that we create and we can what you call retrieve or from our memory banks from our precedent studies from visiting from observing in pre uh, previous to what we want to sketch out can influence that sort of picture in our mind and and it is some form of um process that the feedback process that helps us to create the perfect picture onto paper. So with that I like to conclude about uh spatial awareness in architecture relating to the mind space and the technique for creating a scheme yeah at the end of the day. So thank you very much.